Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Before we start our episode, I wanted to remind you that this podcast and the other ministries of Mariner's Church are all created to serve you, our communities, and our global family. This is made possible through your generosity. The month of June is an important time for Mariners. As we close our fiscal year and budget for the ministry year ahead, I wanted to invite you to be a part of what God is doing through Mariners and respond to the biblical invitation of giving by visiting marinerschurch.org give to set up your one-time or recurring gift. Thanks so much for being a part of God's work at Mariners, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the If I Had More Time podcast. We are in week six of our series going through the book of Philippians called Fighting for Joy. We have Kirby Witt joining us today. Hi, guys. So glad to be here. Kirby's one of our- Kirby spelled with a Y. Yep. <laughs> y. K-E. R B Y. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not an I. Some people spell it with the I. Yes. She oversees all of our guest services, connections. So people who shake your hand at the Irvine congregation, people who smile, welcome you, people who help you park a car. That's all Kirby. You're the best. I love it. We love making you everyone feel so welcome. And wherever you're listening from, we hope that you know that your church loves you and you belong with us. So I, I love it. Love you. She does a great job. <laughs> I love it. Kirby also happens to be my roommate. That's so, true. It's like a little family meeting. Oh, we're having a little roommate, yeah. little, ro- little roomie <laughs> meeting. Here again to our roommate, Jeff. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so good. So uh, this week, it's an amazing week, uh, an amazing weekend at all of our congregations and online. We got to, we started off by hearing an amazing update about Outreach Weekend yes. from a couple months ago, the amazing news. Um, and then, of course, I believes, and we're celebrating here at Irvine. We had VBS this week. So many kids were on our campus next week at all of our congregations. It'll be the same thing. So really awesome stuff happening here. Um, and this week's message was just as great and so fun. And I'm I'm loving going through this. Really excited to talk through it today. Um, today, uh, Part of the scripture in Philippians 3, it also happens to be one of my favorite passages. It's an amazing passage. It's so good. Um, and it's actually, it's this particular verse right here, but in everything that was gained to me, this is verse 3, verse 7. Everything that was gained to me, I've considered to be a loss because of Christ. Mm. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. It's such specific language there to not just say knowing about Christ Jesus, hearing about him, knowing some facts about him, but to know Christ Jesus, my Lord. Right. And Paul's kind of hinting at this relationship. Yes, thing, totally. That it's not it's not something that we um, understand always with our mind. We do in part, which is a gift. Talk to us about like the relationship yes. side. When did it go from your head to your heart in, in your relationship right. with Jesus? So you're right. The verse does not say the surpassing value of knowing about Jesus or or the surpassing value of knowing some facts about the Christian faith, but the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So fundamentally, the Christian faith is a relationship with Jesus. It's knowing him. And Paul says it's the surpassing value of knowing him is greater than is greater than than anything else. So does that mean that the Christian faith doesn't have doctrinal beliefs? No, we we totally have doctrinal beliefs, things we believe. We we studied Jude earlier in the, in the year, and there's a faith delivered once and for all to the saints. Of course, there's there's things that we believe about God and about Scripture and about ourselves, but it you you boil it down to what is it day to day? It is knowing 
Jesus, the Christian faith is, and that is more important than, than anything else. And so to answer your question, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing you and Kirby say, but I became a Christian in my end of my junior year in high school, the summer before my senior year in high school. And I, I experienced quickly after becoming a Christian, the, the beauty of knowing I was forgiven. Um, and then became really addicted to reading the scripture, which I'm so thankful for. And I do believe I was knowing him, enjoying him. Um, and it was different from when I, before I became a Christian, when I would read the Bible, I, I, I do feel like I was just knowing about him. I was just learning things about God. But after becoming a Christian, spending time in the scripture became, I'm knowing him. We are, we are communing. He's talking to me. He's revealing things about me about himself and, and about me too, but it was just a shift. So even how I read the Bible was so different early on after becoming a Christian from it's just this, these words on a page, this intellectual, like I'm reading another book <clears throat> versus I'm reading the Bible and I'm, I'm spending time with the author while I'm reading the Bible. There's no other book. <laughs> There's no other book like that. Yeah. You know, where where the author of the book is with me and speaking to me and then applying words words to me. So that was the first couple of months even after becoming a Christian. Then I live my senior year, then I go off to college and my freshman year is I, I can look back and I still have so many great memories of of moments with a group of Christian guys when we would pray together and go on a mission trip together and sing together. I remember one night we went, we were on this mission trip and we, all of us were kind of new to the faith. And so we didn't know that many songs. We didn't know that many Christian songs, you know? And so we were in uh, the Yucatan Peninsula and we're, uh, we're like in the, up this, this rooftop. We all had like slept in hammocks and we would go on the rooftop and just sing. And we're just like pulling out old school hymns that we, we grew up saying, like, we just didn't want it to end. We were just enjoying singing so much. And so we just, is we would have stayed, we'd stay longer if we had more songs to sing. But we, but just because of the moment, it really, it's, we had the sense, I had the sense that I was with Jesus, enjoying the presence of God. Mm-hmm. This is not only I'm learning about him, but I'm experiencing him, I'm enjoying him. The surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Oh. Kirby was sharing, or you had said earlier when we were chatting that you had to have a moment or an experience that comes to mind for you. Honestly, Eric, like I feel like my like experience was super similar. So I came to know Jesus going like from fifth grade to sixth grade. It was like a big move up in the church um, that I was a part of. And that's where I had my first like go out, have alone time at camp and listen and hear for God. And I really was like, okay, this is where I want to dedicate my life. I was later baptized after that. And through that time from like middle school all through high school, like I was learning about God. I clearly knew that he was my savior and I was building this relationship with him. And I think similar to kind of what you were talking about, knowing him, learning him, getting to study his word. Um, But I think when relationship and I I definitely had a relationship with him, I was asking him questions. But when it really sunk in for me to like experience um, yeah, like to really just be enjoying him. I think it was when I was in um, freshman year of college and I finally met someone that was very similar to me, but really loved Jesus and did things different than I did. Like I felt like I connected with her and I'll never, cause I was doing rush at, at, at uh, UGA and I was like, oh my gosh, there are Christians who like have fun 
They're not yes. like just restricting totally. themselves. Like they're having fun. They're living their lives out and they're also being changed. And I was like, wait, I want to hang out with her. And also that made me want to hang out with Jesus. Yes. And so I really, that's when quiet times like became like, you know, and they were huge, like, you know, in campus ministry, but still they're an, an, an important practice of the Christian faith. And so, um, yeah, I felt like that was where, wow, I want to spend time with Jesus. Yeah. Like so good. whatever he has to say. So, yeah. Was- I love it. I love how, how you, you speak of that time as a relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. It's not just about learning information about him. No. Yeah. You know, if my kids only speak about me in terms of, well, he's, he's, he's 5'10". Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. These are his right. colors. Right. As opposed to <laughs> here's, I mean, by colors, I mean like his personality colors, you know, <laughs> yeah. or his favorite colors could be anything. <laughs> But no, this is this is who he is because I spend time with him. Absolutely. You know, it's totally different. Absolutely. And I, I felt like there were so many times I was asking questions to God or praying to him. But when I really wanted to hear from him and know him, like that was that, that huge like change in the de- the depth of our relationship. So yeah. good. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up prayer because my super churchy answers for me were when I started to have like a regular prayer life and studying the scripture. Yes. I'm glad that you brought that up, mm-hmm. Eric. It was for me, it was like this whole idea about the author who who wrote this beautiful book, first of all. It's amazing. It I started to see um, all of the layers and how everything connects. And it was blowing me away, like how intelligent this author mm-hmm. was. That's and good. then um, as, I, as I started to understand that the author wrote it so that I could know him, mm-hmm. like he, his entire yep. intention and this being written was for me to have relationship with him, I began to just like devour it and I mm-hmm. couldn't get enough of it. And it was no longer just memorizing a verse to memorize a verse, but it was to memorize a verse so that it got deep into my soul so that yeah. in the hour that I needed it most, I would remember who God was, right. you know, mm-hmm. so that it would just seep into me like his real character. Um, it's so beautiful. I, I love both of those. Um, so something something that comes up again in this passage where as we continue on uh, into its Finishing verse eight, because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and, and consider them as dung. You beautifully explained dung. We'll scoop on. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. We're not going to stay there. No tonight. emails, please. No emails. Please. <laughs> Hilarious. So that I may gain Christ, verse nine, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. Um, last week, we talked about works yeah. and we talked about the working out our salvation uh, this this week is a little bit different. What a, what about what we do? What about what we have done yeah. um, to how Paul speaks to the things that he does or has done in his life? Like, how are we to think about this? Great. So in Philippians 2, where we were last week, Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So it's definitely a call that, hey, your life should look like you have been rescued. You flip over to chapter 3. He's referring to all of the good works that he did before he became a Christian. So the works that he did after he became a Christian has to be viewed very differently than the works that he did before he became a Christian. So here's how you have to think about it. The works that you do before you become a Christian, they have nothing to do with you becoming a Christian. Works do not produce salvation, but salvation always produces works. So works do not produce salvation. Salvation always produces works. I have to unpack that. Works does not produce salvation because if it could or if it did, then Jesus really died for nothing. He would have died for nothing. If you could 
do enough good things in your life, if your P&L statement of your life could have enough good things on it to earn your way to God, then, then, then Jesus placed himself on a cross for nothing. Of course he didn't do. God the Father did not send God the Son to die such a humiliating death for nothing. He did so because there's nothing we can ever do to qualify ourselves before him. So your works do not produce salvation. In fact, even your good works, the scripture says in Isaiah, are are filthy rags compared to the righteousness of God, which is why I was teaching everything that you do for him is really nothing compared to how righteous that, that he is, right? So Paul in chapter three, which we looked at this this week, he he really is a good guy. I mean, there's this this paradox of Paul. He killed Christians, yeah. so he's bad, but yet he did that with this religious motivation. And and before he moved to that, I mean, he, Hebrew of Hebrews, yeah, Benj- tribe of Benjamin, which is this elite tribe, circumcised on the eighth day, a great heritage. Says I've I've done everything I can to keep the law. He was the kid. Front row in class, yeah. in rabbi school, doing everything he can, wanting to do everything right, you know, straight A's, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. The 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 young man that dads of daughters would say, if you're going to date anybody, date that guy. You know, th- this was him, and he says all of that was nothing because I I couldn't be righteous in my own. I need the righteousness of Jesus. So that's the works before. Then you meet Jesus, and salvation always produces works, which is what we talked about last week. Work out yeah. your salvation. So, I, I, you know, I, I think it was Luther. People have said this um, that sa- wor- salvation is never by works, but the salvation, but true salvation always works. Mm-hmm. So it always works its way out. In, in good works. That's good. So grace produces, true grace that you receive produces works in your life. Works by itself never produces yeah. grace, but true grace and true faith always results in yeah. works. So good. And I think what my group, I was trying to kind of help them like work through this, ironically works. Um, but as we're talking it through, I really thought a lot of my own story and how like I was, I've always been a passionate person. That's how God made me. But before when I was passionate about X, Y, or Z, I mean, I was, I was super passionate about saving the planet when I was in high school, you know, like regardless of what passion I was putting it without Christ, that's nothing. Yes. Like without that, it's completely void. And that was, and it's so hard to hear, you know, you're like, wait, so everything I've done before, it's like, yeah, this is a level set for all of us. Like, regardless if it was good things you were doing or bad things you were doing, we are level set beneath the cross. Right. Yeah. And that's what's really a bit stunning about this passage yeah. is you would expect if if he would say, hey, all the things before Christ were nothing. I was arrested. Sure. Three DUIs, you know, you know, failed relationships absentee dad, yeah. uh, tax evasion, you know, if he had listed all the quote unquote well, bad things, whether it was a white collar crime or a oh, yeah. regular crime, whatever kind of crime, but he listed really affirmable things. Absolutely. And it's funny because this is rooted celebration this weekend, right? So we're seeing these and some of these are incredible stories of transformation from true death, like yes. on, like what we even in our culture would call death to life. But even some of these testimonies are people saying like, 
I was working for my own ambition. Like I was yes. trying to provide for my family on my own. And on my own, I feel like is just such the key of anything, whether you what Jeez. you pursue is that on my own. On your own is the thing. And, that, and that's it's exactly the thing yeah. because Paul is saying, hey, you don't need your on your own righteousness. You need the righteousness yeah. of Jesus. The reality is it's often more difficult to repent of your good things than it is of your bad things. Well, how many times in Rooted or even in my life group, girls will be like, you know, or even men too, just girls are only in my group. But, you know, people will say my story, like it's not a, a great story because I didn't have bad things happen in my past. That was air quotes for the audio. Right. But, like, you know, bad yeah. things. But it's like, no, like we all had this selfish ambition, totally. whether it was to pursue rebellion or pursue what appears to be good works for in our culture. Right. The, the person who completely crashes and burns and sometimes is at an advantage because they realize their need of a savior. It's why Jesus told the religious people, you know, the quote unquote sinners and tax collectors are closer to the kingdom of heaven than you because you think you don't need it. Right. You think you're good enough. You think yeah. you're righteous enough. Yeah. And that that's really what Philippians 3 is. Paul is saying, man, if there's anyone who thought they were righteous enough, let me show you my resume. Right. And it wasn't enough. That's good. Wow. So good. And that's what's so unique about this, I believe, moment is we're not just saying those who are are down and are are, are distraught, but we're saying those of you who have been, been pursuing yourself. Yeah. Like this is a call to everyone in the audience, not just you yeah. know, not just someone who's you know wrestling with a specific addiction, like you mentioned, or what have you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 pursues um he pursues everybody. But this passage in particular yeah. is about a pursuit of yeah. probably someone who's trusting their own goodness. Yeah, right. It's all a loss, right? Yeah. And, you know, we surrender at that I believe moment for all of us. But as Paul probably faced too, like that trying to strive thing probably creeps back in for all of us. Yeah. And I imagine totally. 100% like Paul's, you know, some call him the greatest missionary to have ever lived. Like, I wonder how easily it probably could have come back in for him to say, look at all that I'm doing for you now, God. Like yeah. even since knowing Christ for me, I'm like, I got to do we, more yeah. so that I can yeah, make my way in. You know? Well, we know we know that's true because Paul says he had a, in one of his writings yeah. has a thorn in his flesh given right. to him by God. Yes. Still a messenger of Satan. So God allows Satan to do it. But to give this people debate what it is, whether it's problems with his eyes or Caesars or something. Um, but he says it was it was to to keep him humble so that he would not rely on himself. Because Paul, I mean, he could have thought, anything God wants to do in a city, he chooses me. And so he could have easy, I mean, he was, he, Paul's been used big time by God. Yeah. And so God allowed difficulty to enter his life so that Paul would not trust himself. Yeah. Because the defaults to trust ourselves. Absolutely. But I felt like what you really rounded out at the end of the sermon too was, what all of us need to be reminded, all of us need to come before the cross. But also going back to what we started talking about at the beginning is the satisfaction that we find. Like salvation is sufficient and also in salvation, we find satisfaction. Yes. Our, what's the chief end goal of man, right? To, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Like it's that enjoyment is sustaining us True. Um, yeah. from our salvation. So the Westminster Catechism is just rolling off your, off your lips. <laughs> I got that. That's the only one I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not any way Presbyterian. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, but we have a lot of Presbyterians at our church. We're we glad do. they're here. We do. We love them. We are uh, just over halfway through the book of Philippians, and we have about four more, four more, weeks. Four more weeks. 
So, I mean, what can people expect? Why should we keep studying? What do we have left in the book of Philippians? Could you give us like a teaser? Yeah. So the the rest of chapter three is, oh gosh, I'm, I'm kind of sad that that I had to stop at verse nine because 10, you know, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this, I've already been made perfect, but one thing I do, pressing towards what is ahead, forgetting what is behind. So you guys know, it's not being read. <laughs> he is reciting this. <laughs> Those verses are, are deep in my deep in my heart. I, I, I never shared this yet. This is the first time I'll share this. I, when I was a college student, memorized the book of Philippians. And so one time when I was a youth pastor, I, as a sermon, I got up and just quoted the whole book of Philippians. As as the sermon, it was like twenty eight minutes. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> but but what it was what was really cool. The reason I wanted to do it was I just believed that the word was so powerful that if people would just sit and let the word be spoken over them and marinate in their heart. Um, so that's the beautiful part of the story. The cheesy part of the story is I dress like the Apostle Paul. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was so. Good. It was so good to admit. No. It was so good. I was 22. I was 22. And a break. It's amazing. Of course, Eric was a passionate 22 year old. 22. He's up there. He's. And I had this. I had this. Uh, this kid in my youth group named Scott Dews. He was a great, great kid. And he, he sat. I had him sit at a table, like pretending to be Timothy, scribing as I. Oh wow. As I uh, quoted the Book of Philippians. Full reenactment. Full reenactment. So to answer your question, I mean. Every word in this book is so beautiful. It's good. So beautiful. So the rest of three is good. It's all good. And then you get to four and you have some more rejoicing. You have some really famous verses still ahead in Philippians. Some that get misquoted, like I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's not about dunking a basketball. There's been a lot of cheesy Christian posters and t-shirts with some dude doing it in your face dunk. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was yeah, Philippians 4.13. Uh, I, it doesn't mean if you put that verse in your room that you're going to make the varsity team. It yeah. doesn't mean it doesn't mean what? that. It doesn't mean it. <laughs> you have to see what it means. Actually, I'll give you an early early preview. He's saying, "Hey, whether I'm filled with hunger or whether I'm I'm well fed, I can I can live in either situation yeah. because Christ has given me strength. Yeah. So whether I got asked to the prom or I didn't get asked yep. to the prom, whether I got the promotion or didn't get the promotion." Good. I, I can live because Christ is the one who gives me strength. Yeah. Win or lose. That's good. Yeah. He's the one who gives me strength. So great. Well, we're really- One more week. So let's, let's throw in. Come on. We'll finish strong. Thanks so much for listening to the If I Had More Time podcast. Hey, Mariners. Thanks so much for being faithful listeners to the If I Had More Time podcast. It's been so great to learn together with all the bonus content from our weekend messages. For the next few weeks, we're going to take a short break from the podcast so you won't be hearing from us on here, but we hope to see you on the weekends at any of our congregations throughout Southern California or online. We'll be back with the If I Had More Time podcast on the weekend of August 5th and 6th.